Welcome to All Electric Conversations, where we talk with pioneers in traveling with electric vehicles. We're your hosts, Katie and Steve Krivolovic of the All Electric family. From road trips and towing to daily life, we'll hear stories of wanderlust and progress to inspire your own adventures with All Electric Conversations. And we're back for another All Electric Conversations, and today we have bearded Tesla guy. We uh, really had a great time out at CES, and one of the great things was meeting him and his wife and uh, getting to know them a little bit better. Uh, so anyways, I'll let you introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about you. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. So, bearded Tesla guy, and yes, we did meet at CES. It was quite an amazing event it's really becoming you know more of a uh, automotive event in my opinion like electrification which is really cool really fun to see um but yeah i just have a youtube channel and uh talk about the uh, electric life just like you guys yeah and you just took on youtube is now all that you do right full time yeah it's pretty crazy it's um i've been doing this for coming up on three years now and it's been quite a blessing um i feel very fortunate to be here but as we came to the end of the year it's something that's been weighing on me heavily and i gotta be honest it's been really hard to really put my heart into work so um at the beginning of the year you know things just started to make sense and i i delayed 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 and then finally i put in a 30-day notice and um the rest is history. So this is my first official week full time on uh, YouTube, which is crazy, uh, but uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, congratulations. That's yeah, congrats. Awesome. Yeah, that's not an easy feat. And no. Just you said three years, so that's pretty dang good. Good, good job. Good job. So yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, even before that, and I know you kind of grew up in the automotive industry and stuff like that. So. Yeah, actually, I grew up in an automotive family, really. I mean, it's generational. Um, my dad, all of his brothers, they're all in automotive. Um, I grew up in a shop, basically. You know, my first job, I uh, at 15, I would go into the shop and I would mop the floors, you know, um, use the uh, floor scrubber, organize the tool shed, all that stuff. And uh, over time, though, you know, I became a mechanic. I worked in the parts department, wrote service. I did I sold cars. I did everything except for uh, body shop. And, you know, that was kind of my quote unquote destiny. And went to college and in between um, semesters would uh, come back and try to sell some cars. So I'm really the first one to like step away from the dealership. And uh, for for a couple of generations, so it feels really good to be able to break that. But um, cars, uh, automotive technology, it's just in my blood. I've always had a passion for cars. I just didn't know how to express it. And, uh, you know, in college, I got the chance to work on an electric golf cart for the uh, electric Grand Prix. And... I don't know. Those kinds of things just continued to be pretty exciting to me. Nice. Yeah. So was the electric golf cart what made you kind of start focusing on the electric world? Or like, because I'm assuming if it's been going on for decades, like your family didn't start with uh, electric vehicles. No, I'm a 
I get made fun of still today all the time. Um, I, I have countless group chats on my phone from family and extended family just reminding me whenever I swear to God, whenever there's a fire, um, I'm the first one to hear about it. I promise you I am. <laughs> Probably multiple times. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, it's very hard um, because they, they don't understand. They don't really uh, want to understand, which is totally, you know, I can understand why, why they are like that. Um, but it's, it's very foreign to them. And to me, it uh, it's always been exciting. Like, I've always been into like efficiency and hypermiling. You know, I had this, I had a diesel Jetta um, for the longest time. It was my favorite car until um, I found out what Volkswagen was doing behind the scenes. But I once went 800 miles on a full tank of diesel in that thing. And I mean, it's just incredible. Like this is awesome stuff. And it's always been kind of a draw for me. And obviously, when Tesla finally announced an affordable um, electric car, the Model 3, it was like, this is so incredible. Finally, they had a, a showroom in Indy. I took my wife there. This is too small. No, it's not going to work. Come on. It's awesome. But, um, you know, once they announced the Model Y, that was it. We ordered it, and she was on board. And the rest is, I guess, history. Yeah, that sounds – I mean – Ours was with a Model S, but it was it was older at the time because I think it was 2017 when we got our 2012 Model S. But mm -hmm. that was kind of the same conversations that were happening at our house. I was like, it's too small. We're never going to be able to fit three kids and a dog and get down to Kansas City. And, you know, he's like, no, the dog can fit in the back. Come on. <laughs> Finally, I was like, just give it a try. Whatever. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing what that can do. You know, it's it's life changing, honestly, because you start to look at um, a whole sector of your life in a very different way. You know, people don't realize or think about it, but you know, the car is generally you know your second largest asset, if you will, outside of investments. Right? You know, you have a house and you have a car, and you spend a ton of time in that car. So you know that relationship is very real. Uh, between a person and their car so it is yeah well i'm excited to see somebody like you take on the you know electrification side just for the simple fact of your background you can understand where people are coming from when they maybe resist uh electrification and stuff like that and so i i'm excited to um continue to see you push forward and do new things um especially since you're doing YouTube full-time. So what do you have on the books moving forward with uh, YouTube and the bearded Tesla guy? Well, I have a lot in the works. Um, we are a uh, first hour reservation holder of a Volvo EX90. So hopefully in a year we'll get that. Um, who knows when, but we'll get a Cybertruck at some point. Um, <laughs> Two weeks, always. So I, I am so excited about the Cybertruck. Like, it took me forever to get over the looks. But on paper, I mean, if they yeah. can really deliver on what they said it can do, like, forget it. It's just incredible. Yeah. And if they end up doing a mid-gate where you can, you know, open up the cab to the, to the bed, that's going to be, I mean, endless possibilities. Anyways, enough of that. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, got that coming up. I'm really hoping to start um, a new series 
looking at, you know, the bigger questions. We want to replace all, or we want to replace half our gas fleet in the United States with electric cars. So, you know, how do we do that? Who are the people that are um, trying to answer and solve that problem? And, you know, what, what are the things that need to be done that haven't been done already? So hoping to explore some of that, of course, um, Tesla will always be a strong piece of the DNA of the channel. And, uh, so we'll see, maybe, maybe it'll spin off into its own, uh, channel, but there's a lot of really exciting things happening in, um, EVs right now. And if, if you're, if you're on board, it's a, it's an exciting time, uh, to be here, I think. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, the explosion of new EVs that have, are coming to the market over the next few years is just, I mean, I remember walking around, like, especially at CES and walking around and being like, I didn't even know they were doing electric yet, you know, because we've been in the Rivian world and the Tesla world and the, and the truck world. And so, you know, looking around and figuring out, I was like, man, there's so much more happening than I even know. So, <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're getting the EX90, you said? And oh, yeah. uh, is there, and then you said the Cybertruck, is there any other, um, I would imagine the EX90 is because of the, um, because of the SUV and it fits your family good. Is that correct? And, and we've always, always been a big Volvo lovers in this house. Yeah. All of it just comes together. I'm excited to see how this LiDAR works on that car. I know that's voodoo to say in the Tesla world, <laughs> LiDAR, but. I am so excited because, you know, claiming it's true hands-free, I'm skeptical of that, but I'm really excited to see its capabilities um, and what it can do. And and it's just a beautiful, gorgeous car. I swear they, they, they know how to design a piece of art, in my opinion, of what that car is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we have a, we have an R1S that's been on order forever. So maybe we'll get one of those at some point. Um, that's also a really awesome size. It's like the first SUV that's truly big enough um, for a three-row SUV. And I, Rivians are cool in a couple of ways. I actually uh, recently reviewed an R1T. And it was uh, my first impressions before I started putting all my thoughts together were, man, this kind of feels like a ripoff of Tesla in some ways, right? Like, to activate the auto steer, you, you do the same thing. The way that the screen is kind of laid out is very similar. And um, all these things just kind of came together. It's like, this kind of feels, but then after a day, it was like, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing. And that's where I started coming back to, you know, maybe Tesla did such a good job of making it intuitive, kind of like that iPhone experience. It's not a hard learning curve. So it, it's not necessarily a bad thing that, that, you know, we're starting to do some of the same things in other cars. And I mean, if you got into a Rivian as a Tesla owner, and you've never been in a Rivian, you would know how to drive it. It was that similar. And I, and honestly, I think that's a good thing. So it, that car drove fantastic. I went like 341 miles at 70 miles an hour in that thing, which is crazy. And, uh, it just, the bed, the bed is crazy small and I'm not crazy about that. Uh, but otherwise, as a commuter, great space on the inside if you just need two rows, you know, two up front and three in the back, and uh, plenty of extra cargo. It's definitely 
awesome for an urban customer, in my opinion. Maybe not so much the uh, worker that needs the space, space and towing yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, for a yeah. family car, though, we so we just got into our first R1S just this last week. We were able to go get into it and see the, the size of it and everything. And, you know, the, the storage overall on the R1T is fantastic. But I was just really surprised at actually how much space there was in the R1S because we've had a Yukon before and there's more space behind the back seat than in the R1S than there was in our Yukon, you know, which is kind of mind blowing when you look at it from the outside because you're like, there's no way that the space is used really well. So, you know, for the commuter or the family or, you know, I think that those are really great vehicles. And especially if somebody's wanting something a truck or a slightly bigger SUV, you know, that has been in it and has been in the Tesla world before. It is such a seamless transition from the Tesla to the Rivian. Um, and like you said, it, Tesla did such a good job. Why do we need to go reinvent the wheel when it comes to the electric vehicle and how it operates? I think it's just, it was a smooth transition. And so we've really liked the, the Rivian line as well. So, I mean, I am sold <laughs> like i'm probably yeah. becoming the rivian fangirl over here he's still you know exploring other things i'm like let's just get rivian we <laughs> why would we want to do anything else <laughs> they're honestly they're beautiful too i think that the design cues are awesome i know that that the headlights are polarizing for people but um if you can get past that if you don't like the headlights the rest of it, it's just a fantastic car that frunk is enormous and like I said, I've only seen the outside of an R1S. I have not been on the inside, but uh, that you, what you just said is is what I was hoping uh, would be the experience inside of that thing. So, I mean, that's that's really compelling, and that's a huge benefit. But here's the thing: all the cars we just talked about, what's the cheapest one? Right, that's a problem. That's a big problem. I know that the average car in the United States just surpassed fifty thousand dollars, which is crazy. But um, that's heavily driven up by very expensive cars. You know, we have a whole group in the United States who, probably myself included, can't really afford these cars. You know, we don't need another eighty, hundred thousand dollar. You name it. We need a $30,000 car or SUV that has fast charging, has really good range, has driver assistance programs, can do all these things and do it well. We don't We don't need all these luxury brands to pop up. And, you know, I, that's, that's the one discouraging part of where we're at today. And I don't really see an awesome, like uh, a true vision of how we get to the next step. You know, Tesla has talked about working on this $25,000 Tesla forever. Um, and I know that, you know, priorities change based on resources. I really hope that they're spending a good time behind the scenes on that. I know they're working to bring the cost of the Model 3 down, which is great. But, you know, we can't have one option. You know, the Chevy Bolt, stupid, crazy deal. Like, if you're not considering a Bolt and you're thinking EVs, you should really think hard about it. Because, you know, at least through March, uh, you know, $7,500. On top of that, it's like a nineteen thousand dollar car. Oh, that's great. Um, but but again, I mean, you don't get you don't have access fast charging, so it's only good for if you're staying close to home. So it's limited, right? 
uh, the, the, the Equinox EV that's coming out. I'm very excited to see that. I hope that they execute well on it because, um, from my understanding, 200 kilowatt charge rate, which is respectable, right? Now you're starting to say you can travel in this thing. So really hope that, that I, I've not usually been a fan of Chevy, but you know, they seem to be sticking their flagpole into the ground of affordability. And I really hope that they're successful in that because we need more people to be spending time and resources in that space. Yeah, I agree. The you stated the Chevy Bolt is a that's a fantastic buy, um, and I I do <laughs> hope that uh, GM follows through with all of their great marketing about how they're coming to market with all these you know, vehicles and how great they are and affordable. <clears throat> so I, I hope that that follows through as well. It just seems to be taking a bit longer than, uh, than I would like or like to see so we can get those vehicles on the market. And that, I also think that there is, there is a huge void of affordability in electric vehicles and, you know, Hopefully, as they produce more, uh, get some of their, you know, uh, builds down a little bit cheaper and stuff like that, they can do that. But, you know, some of these vehicles that do cost a lot of money, I mean, they just have a lot to them as well. And so I, I often wonder if they can even get them that cheap with a lot of the, you know, things that we have become accustomed to in electric vehicles you know your your tesla model y i mean it can drive itself like how much does that system cost is probably you know i don't know the answer but i'm assuming it's 15 20 000 just right off the bat just how much they put into it but as they can produce more you know maybe they can bring that cost down what's your what's your thought on a lot of the creature comforts of uh, modern EVs and the cost of that. Yeah, it's like the it's like the automotive equivalent of, of scope creep, right? Like we've, I think you said it right, you know, we've become accustomed to some very nice features in cars. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to look at options when they don't even have that because it's almost like you balk at it, right? Um, that's a good. That's a good point. Um, I, I guess I hadn't really thought much about it that way. So yeah, that's definitely going to be a challenge. One of the other things too that I think gets missed a lot is, um, you know, people say you know like the Model Y, it's a it's a fifty sixty thousand dollar car, right? Well, it's really not. It's like a twenty twenty five thousand dollar car on a $25,000 battery, right? Like that's, there's so much cost in um, the batteries and the motors, at least right now. And that continues to come down, which is fantastic. I really hope uh, that this next generation of 4680 battery cells is as big as has been promised, especially from a cost perspective, because that's only, that's only good for the whole industry. And as you know, Tesla can't do it on their own. So they have partners like Panasonic, LG, who are going to have to make these too. And it's going to just open up the electric world to even more possibilities. But yeah, I mean, that's why the Chevy Bolt is so small. And yeah, it has some of the features, but it's tiny, right? Uh, they used a they used a design um, from overseas that uh, was affordable, and it, it that's how they got the price point where it is. 
that's why I'm excited to see the Equinox, see if it is that much better. Yeah, uh, and you, yeah. you get into a Chevy Bolt, and it, it definitely, uh, it just, not that it feels cheap, it just definitely feels cheaper. When you get into a Tesla, in my opinion, the, you know, the vegan leather feels nice. Like, every the, everything feels really good. It's got the screen in there, you know, and so I, there is a little bit of a cheaper feeling to the Bolt um, when you get in it, at least my experience. But the actual driving experience to me is, I mean, it's not exactly like a Tesla. I'm not going to say it's like on rails or anything, but you still get that great feeling that you get from an electric vehicle. It's planted to the ground. It's quick. Like all those things, especially when you're coming from a gas or a diesel vehicle, to an electric vehicle, it, it still has a lot of those characteristics. So, um, I guess we're both buying bolts. <laughs> Seriously, if anybody listening, if you're considering your first electric car or even a second electric car and you're, you haven't looked at a bolt, you should seriously look at a bolt. This is not sponsored. It is just the dumbest, craziest deal I've ever heard of in my life with this $7,500. So once those rules come into play, we'll see how much of that 7,500 they get to keep. But yeah. oh my God, there's just 19 grand, man. 19 grand. Do I need another car? Like, <laughs> the, Yeah. Try talking yourself out of that. It's, it's really difficult too. When you, when you know how much is in that vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Two, 250, 60 miles of range, something like that. Like, that's, a, that's such a good value. Such a good value. Yeah, and I would urge people that, uh, like you talked about, it doesn't have a very well high-speed DC fast charging. I would urge people to look at it that already have maybe uh, a road-tripping vehicle or something like that. Maybe even somebody like you that already has a Tesla Model Y that they can go road-tripping in that thing pretty easy. And... You know, this is just something that they're using, or not around town. I hate saying that because you can still take it on a decent trip. You can still go a hundred miles out and a hundred miles back pretty easy, and as long as you have a decent charger at home, you can you can fill that sucker back up. And it's a small enough battery. If you commute uh, probably less than forty miles, like you could easily run that thing on a you know outlet, just a regular outlet. So. I don't know. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great vehicle. It's super efficient. We have, too, so. we have. Uh, I've, I've, I've finished most of the filming for our ten thousand mile review on the Model Three that we have. We have a long range Model Three, and um, one of the things that I struggle with is having two long range cars like that. I don't really use you know the 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 range that the thing has. I haven't taken it on a road trip. Um, I haven't really driven anywhere far with that. My wife, uh, I try to get her to use it when she goes to and from work. She's a nurse, so three days a week she drives 45 miles that way, 45 miles back home. And we do use uh, 120 during those three days that she's working because I don't have a charger close enough to the outside of the house yet. So it, it does work. works great. But, that, I mean, that's, that's, a ton of, that's a ton of battery just sitting there not being used. And, um, yeah, there's so many. I, I think people just can't get past the idea of, I can't go from New York to Florida or whatever. Uh, but how many times do they actually do that? Most people aren't crazy like me. I drive all the time. I love road trips, but most people don't do that anymore. So, well, and and part of me, like 
you know, as we're looking at the electrification and especially here in America where we like our big stuff, right? Like we like our big trucks. We like our big SUVs. We want everything big and we want it to go far and we want it to be powerful, even if we're never going to use those things, you know? So part of me looking at, at what's coming out and all of the trucks and stuff, like, is that where we have to start? Do we have to start with these giant batteries, get people on board, loving the experience and then funnel it down from there as people get more and more used to it, you know? Hummer EV. Yeah, hum, <laughs> Hummer EV, for oh. instance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you saw how quick they were able to deliver that thing. I remember when they announced it, I'm like, this, when is this thing actually going to come out? It was like 12 or 18 months later, it was like in customers' hands. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. that was fast. And it's yeah, not to go back to the bowl. Not to go back to the bolt, but isn't it three or four bolts and <laughs> batteries? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's four volt battery. Well, 185 kilowatt hour battery. <laughs> yeah. Well, the hum. The hum no, the Hummer EV is 214 kilowatt hour. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of the the shorter range one that they haven't released. Yeah, it starts at like I, 185 yeah, so. kilowatt yeah. hours. Yep. Yeah. And then so I over think 200 so. kilowatt hours. Yeah, but I, I think isn't the max pack on the Rivian going to be that big too? Like 180. Oh, it's going to be big. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't they just announce that that's not coming anymore. Uh, only with the dual motor is what they said, okay. and then they pushed it out. Inside EVs just put an article out. I I need to go read that a little bit uh, and get caught up on that information. But yeah, so. Yeah, I think that, you know, when we, we had Andy Thompson, he's, uh, uh, he owns Can-Am RVs up in Canada and he towed a 27 foot Airstream, 30 foot, air, no, it's 27. Oh yeah, it is 27. Cause they're going to yeah. get the 30 when it comes out. So 27 yeah. uh, foot Airstream from, uh, where are we in Canada? London, Ontario, London, Ontario, Canada to Colorado. And he also went down to Florida down by you and uh anyways he towed that with the tesla model s and listening to him is very intriguing because he's figured out a way that makes it very comfortable for him and you know 100 miles to 120 miles at a time he says that's perfect like he doesn't really he thinks that you know larger battery packs aren't really worth it because Especially in the Tesla world, you have a Tesla supercharger so often. He was saying as he got closer down to Florida, it was like every 40 miles or something like that. It was, it was just, anyway, so he, he, it was interesting listening to him because he had an argument for larger battery packs are not really worth it. And that's kind of seems uh, the way that you lean a little bit too, so. Mm. To yeah, to to some extent. If I'm towing though, I want to be able to go more than a hundred miles between charges. I've done that three times, and uh, I did not enjoy that because it's not just stopping to charge every hundred miles; it's stopping to charge to a hundred percent every hundred miles. That's really the problem. Is I don't think there's any issue with stopping every hundred miles. We had a we had to use a Tahoe once to tow. And I had to stop every 150 miles and put like 25 freaking gallons in that thing. <laughs> like it was crazy. So it, it's not that. It's just, you know, it takes so long to get 
that much of a charge. Now, if there's a charger every 50 miles, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't like stopping every hour, but 100 miles is a, is a good is a good spot as long as you can get enough charge to make the next 100 miles in that 30 minute window. I think that's really the sweet spot. Yeah, it doesn't have to be 200 kilowatt hours. I agree, but just enough that you can charge fast enough to tow 100 miles between charges. I think once we understand the inefficiencies of you know arrow from a trailer and stuff like that and how they can manufacture them maybe a little bit different or something like that and help with that then you know you you're really gonna see that a little bit better it's just so blatantly obvious in electric vehicle just because of how efficient they are and so it it you know you can't throw an auxiliary tank in your model y (laughs) you know and right. so that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's what they're going to be aiming for in things like the e-stream and stuff where like that is your auxiliary tank for if sure. you're towing, yeah. you know, like you have that that's helping to get it down the road. And, you know, I think there's some other companies that um, we're going to have to start like keeping our eye on. Like um, Lightship has started to announce that they are going to give details on what they're creating, um, you know, but it's an electric vehicle like that's you know they're saying it's an electric vehicle so are we going to start seeing auxiliaries in the form of just that it's just the trailer itself you know yeah Yeah, but i believe you're going to have to get some of these bigger brands um that are cheaper trailers on board with it because you can't you know throwing a twenty five thousand dollar battery pack underneath a trailer with a i don't know how much a motor costs but it's probably not cheap, yeah, there's a big there's a big impact that can be had with design. Big impact, way bigger than than uh, strapping a bunch of batteries, which is still a great idea. But you know, if you walk through the lot at your local RV dealer, you know, find one that's aerodynamic. Their version of aerodynamic, like like they they market this stuff as look how much more aerodynamic our design is, but it's not. It's terrible, right? But in the world, in that world, it's that is very foreign. So there's a huge learning curve and a very big paradigm shift that has to happen as uh, we start to look at. Well, half the fleet's going to be electric, so this this is a very important question. I think I the towing the towing studies I did in our first Model Y didn't really matter the weight. So three thousand pounds and fifteen hundred pounds was the same because of the air drag it was 100 percent the air drag yep and that's what we've seen too and and you know that's why we made the switch to an airstream because we had a giant three slide flat faced 37 foot huge trailer that was under the towing limit for the rivian the rivian could have towed it but we were like it's going to get about 50 miles and that's about all yeah. the further we're going to get to go. And so it would have been interesting test. It would have, it would have. We just, um, so we went to the Airstream because it, it's just that you get that much more range just because of the aerodynamics. Um, it's a little bit lighter, um, but, and a little bit shorter, but where the majority of it comes from is simply the, the round shape of the Airstream. Yeah. Yep. Craziness. So when you were when you were towing your trailer, did you just tell us a little bit about that? I, I know that decrease range and all of that. 
and there was some uh, criticism of that, or not criticism, but a downfall of that. But other characteristics of towing with it, how did you feel? Super stable, um, gobs and gobs of power. <laughs> I had no issue pulling that thing. Uh, you know, taking out the amount of energy it consumed, if you if you just discount that completely, it was a very pleasant towing experience. Didn't feel like you're being thrown around by semis. Um, I didn't have any problem keeping any speed I wanted. Could go uphill, downhill, didn't really matter. Uh, it was just stable and it felt good and it, it didn't really have traditional issues that you might expect from such a small vehicle, uh, pulling, you know, a pretty sizable trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, that's one of the like first things that we tell people is that, you know, you're the towing experience. If you just take out the range equation for a second, is that it's going to be a really good experience that, you know, so many people don't tow because of how how scary it feels to drive a trailer. You know, you you're going down the road and it's pushing you around, and like go do it with an electric vehicle, and you're not going to experience that anymore. And I I think that's a huge huge benefit when it comes to um, you know helping people make the switch and and saying that it is a viable option for for towing and such. Yep. Totally agree. It's where yeah. solid state batteries are going to change the game. Yes. <laughs> now you were just recently at a NASCAR event, right? Yeah, the Daytona 500. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, it was good. Um, I've been going to races with my dad for a long, long time. So now uh, that I live here, he flew down for a convention thing, and uh, we went to the race together. It was a pretty good time. Uh, not a lot of electric cars there. Um, surprising, I know. There, there were a couple though. I, I actually I didn't catch a picture of it, but there was a uh, there was a Model Y that was painted up like either Wonder Bread or it was Mario. It was one of the two. It was like white, blue, red. Wheels were red. It was that was pretty fun. But yeah, it was hard to find. Um, my crowd there no electric people <laughs> no but it's still a lot of fun <laughs> oh yeah 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 I, I mean it's still fast cars going around precision driving still fun to watch yeah so do you ever see that transition ever happening yeah yeah, yeah. I, I got to see the um the formula e race in shanghai that was really cool um, it's going to be interesting to see how they figure it out though, because they're going to have to figure out all these rules that are very different than what they have today. And it'll, it'll just be very interesting. I think it's going to be a much faster sport too, because, um, I, you're only going to be able to, you know, either swap out the batteries so many times, you know, like there's some, there's some smaller leagues right now where it's the rule is you just can't change the battery. So, you know, it makes for a shorter race, but it also takes away some of the excitement. So I don't know. There, there's a lot to figure out on how to make this work right. That's awesome. So are there some in the United States? I guess I don't even know about that much. 
Yeah, there's some there's some leagues. I, I can't speak to which ones they are, but the last one that I had heard about, the uh, guy who kept winning his strategy was to not drive fast at all. And so he would be down multiple laps, but he could just drive continuously. So he could get more miles. <laughs> it's the story of the rabbit in the hair, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or tortoise in the hair. Yeah, tortoise in the hair. Yeah. Rabbit in the hair. That's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> yep. That's cool. So. All right, so you say you're doing a lot of road tripping. Uh, are you currently doing some road tripping, or you uh, I've got some got planned? Planned? Yeah. Where I uh, I really want to do coast to coast in Canada. I did it here in the United States. I also want to go from Mexico to Canada, um, and then probably in the nearer future, I'm planning a a road trip weaving through the country for a top secret video project. So that'll be fun. Nice. Top secret. Live. I like top secret. Yeah. Tell us about it. No, t- <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. So will you go into Mexico or you, you just stick to the border? It's a good question. Um, I've been through the border many times in my uh, previous life just from work. We had factories down in uh, Baja. So... I've never crossed it on my own, though, and I probably don't want to do that. Nice. I'd love to go down there. So if you ever go down there, let me know. (laughs) Yeah. It's beautiful, especially down the coast. You can see all the tuna fishers from the cliffs, and it's really cool. And if you ever want to swim with whale sharks, apparently that's a really good place, by the way. Who knew? Who knew? Based on that, I know yeah. somewhere, somewhere down the coast of Mexico. Yep. All right. Well, I'll take your word for it and start swimming. <laughs> <laughs> you just jump in. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds like you know, it's it's we do the same thing where we're like, okay, we get all of these trips lined up and stuff, and so making them all happen and and you know, just going exploring. It's just fun to get in the car and go and travel and see all there is to see, you know, like I, I appreciate flying. I, you know, you can get from point A to point B relatively quickly, but there's just something to be said about getting in the car and just driving and being in it and seeing all of the things along the way that, you know, it's, it's just fun. Love yeah. it. Yeah. The journey is part of the experience. Totally agree. Nobody goes through a flight through the airport, through all that, and said, man, that was an awesome journey. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Right on that one. Yeah, yeah. Man, this view of this middle seat was just epic. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All right, so I'm always interested in what family thinks of driving an electric vehicle. So what do your kids think? What do your wife think? Uh when you go on we, we are super lucky because we started them young. Um, basically, as soon as we got the Model Y, uh, within a month or like a month, we, we went on our first road trip. So kids have uh, been on road trips their whole lives, and they do really good with it. We're very lucky there. Our oldest, he does get car sick, so I have to be careful. Um, 
usually just staying on the highway helps, but the wife, she doesn't mind it at all. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't think anybody really minds too much. You know, just do really well. And it's convenient because we all get to stretch our legs every couple of hours. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about road trips is the food because it's so unpredictable and it's never good food. It's never good for you. You know, it's just that kind of wears you down a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with that. We we did a re- recent trip where we actually, with the R1T, where we took our pellet grill and just plugged it in and cooked while we were at the um, DC Fast Charger. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you get the Cybertruck or something like that, you'll have to, you know, take something along to grill so you can cook it nice. And there's obviously lots of, you know, uh, coolers out there and stuff that could just plug into the vehicle. And so obviously it's more planning, but. (laughs) Well, but I mean, having that option because there are still, um, so one that pops into mind is Grand Island, Nebraska, where um, there used to be an Arby's in that gas station, but it's not there anymore. And there is, nothing around there you know so there's still places um joplin missouri the supercharger there is another example like you know there's still places where there's not there isn't even food around the chargers and stuff so you do have to kind of think ahead about that and then you know you're usually limited on what your choices are (laughs) you know it is still one bit of a downside where you know you might when i when we were driving a gas vehicle we'd look at the gas stations and see what restaurants were near there and then we'd go and and stop there based on what restaurant it is but we don't always have that option (laughs) with with charging eating is a great point so uh do your do your kids get really excited about electric vehicles or is it just kind of the norm for them no i'm hoping it's because they're still too young um, it's going to be heartbreaking for me because uh, listening to a lot of coworkers from my previous life, their kids are between 16 and 20 and, you know, a handful of them, their kids didn't even get their license. So they were 18 and, you know, there's this whole shift and it. it's hard for me because, I mean, I was counting down the minutes to get my driver's license. Yeah. You know, then in a lot of a lot of kids, not all, but a lot of kids these days, they don't care. They don't care about it. That's going to be hard for me. Yeah, which may be a good argument for full self driving. So, yeah, it it will eventually. It's going to happen, and whether that's two weeks or you know two decades, it is going to happen. But it's going to be for the better. And um, I'm kind of working on a bigger video around this whole topic because I don't think people realize just how big this is. Forget the commercialization of it. Like people talking about making a million dollars with their sidecar. It's not this forget that for a minute. What it really does is it gives access to mobility to everyone. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity for equality and giving everybody a chance, you know, to, to do what they need to do, you know, like, yeah, I think that there's some really awesome benefits societally that are going to come from that and it's going to change everything. And most of us aren't going to own a car anymore. And what are we going to do with all that money that we're not spending on cars? So, yeah. 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 I think, I think there's such a, 
it's it's such an all or nothing when you look at people from the outside and making the argument that full self-driving is it's just terrible and horrible and they're wanting it to be completely perfect immediately and there has to be the progression of making it better as it goes along and you know you get in one of those vehicles and sure they they make mistakes but you need to be aware of what's going on right now because that's the phase that we're in but then you also see where it sees something that you didn't and it corrects for it and whatnot and you know benefits there as well as you know people taking away the human error element of it you know it's going to be a slow progress but you can see where it's headed and you can see that people that wouldn't normally be able to get places are going to be able to use that technology to do it and you see that moms can go put their kids in a car you know, on their 16th birthday and not be deathly afraid that they're not going to come home because they're they're driving themselves for the first time. There's just a whole lot as as long as people can be patient and let it progress the way that it needs to. Yeah. It's going to be huge. It really yeah. is in in many many ways. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll be excited to see that video and yeah. and uh that'll be on your YouTube channel, correct? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I guess w most of people probably know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've been following you for a long time, and so I appreciate all your content. Uh, but anyways, where where do you like to interact with people? Where do you like people to find you? Um, I, I spent, probably the easiest way to interact is Twitter, and uh, but you can also interact on um, Instagram. Probably just easier to tag me on Twitter. Yeah, I try to I, listen as long as people aren't rude and are nasty. I respond to everybody, and you know, I I take pride in that. You know, people spend the time to like yourself where you subscribe to the channel, you watch the content, and I appreciate it so much. And I am, you know, the least I can do is spend some time to reply to people. So, yeah, as long as you're not nasty, I'll reply. Yeah, we run into that too, so it's. Uh... <laughs> We love to reply as well. So it's great to hear that from you. And we really do appreciate you coming on here and uh, sharing what you're doing in life and your experience. So thank you very much. Yeah, I'll leave you with um, one fact from a person who's never driven, sat in, even as a passenger in an electric car. Did you know it cost daily, it cost more money in electricity to drive a tesla than it does a toyota tundra like you can fill an entire tank of the toyota tundra that cost is the daily cost of op of the electricity in a uh, tesla just that's uh, that's your that's your fact that right. is your your fact for the day I like I'm going to start putting this stuff together, like ah, fun facts it. about electric cars, and it's all crap. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. We'll, we'll, we're on board for that. Count us in. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll add yeah. to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, we'll, really enjoyed talking to you, and we'll catch you later. Thanks. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Thanks for listening. Find all of our show notes at allelectricfamily.com slash allelectricconversations. Be sure to connect with us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at All Electric Family. Find us on Twitter as All Electric Fam. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you enjoyed this story, please be sure to share it and hit that subscribe button. Leave a review and help inspire others to hit the road. Until next time, stay charged.